This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. They've been having problems with the animals in British Columbia, man, with all the the rain they've got and the mudslides and the floods. Mm. Stuff you don't think of, like the cows in the fields that are now flooded have had to be rescued. So oh, man. you got people out there doing whatever they can to get cows out of the water. And then where do you put them? Uh, there's rescue farms that have been set up anywhere you can find mm. that's dry. Highland, I guess. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people on this side of the country realize how crazy what is going on in British Columbia right now is. Yeah, there's still no way out. Uh, you have to go down to Washington State, I believe, and go around if you want to move east in Canada. All the major bridges have been washed out. All the roads. They're trapped. And you are a bridge guy, Jim. You grew up working for your dad's bridge building company. Mm-hmm. So as we've been looking at these pictures here in the studio, you've been commenting like... This is not going to be fixed next week. To build, yeah. rebuild these bridges and to do it right is going to take a long time. Well, I think they're going to probably slap up like an access bridge. So they, you know, anytime you're building a bridge on a major highway, you have to build like a road beside it. And then so the traffic can still go by while you're making the bridge. So I'm sure they're going to slap up something temporary as quick as possible. But it's going to take a huge concerted effort. I know they're sending down the military. I don't think enough have really arrived at this point, but it's going to be, uh, uh, I don't know, a month maybe until until vehicles are moving freely through BC. Talked to a friend yesterday on the phone who lives near Abbotsford, and he was telling me about how crazy the rain was. He's like, it was two days straight, and it was like a wall of water if you, if you left your house, he said. And we have some new neighbors that have just moved up from Texas, and they've been in the house for a couple weeks. And during the rains, he went over to check on them and knocked on the door. The guy opened the door. He's like, you should have seen the look on his face. He was like, is this normal here? <laughs> <laughs> is this normal? Like, gosh darn it. I'm going back to Texas. Pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> I tried shooting the clouds. Hey, uh, this is the biggest uh, music release in a while here. We had to play this. I know this isn't the style of music we usually play on the station, but... I think this transcends formats, Jim. Hmm. Genres. Okay. This is going to be, I think, a huge, huge hit. Remember the Gorilla Glue girl? (laughs) Is this the one who put it in her eyeball or the one who put it in her hair? No, no, I think that was crazy glue in the eyeballs and and Gorilla Glue in the hair. This lady here. Well, I didn't have any more Dr. B glue spray, so I used Gorilla Glue spray. Bad idea. My hair... It don't move. I've washed my hair 15 times and it don't move. Yeah, she went viral. She's famous now because she glued her hair to the top of her head with Gorilla Glue. Had to get it surgically (laughs) removed. Best advertising Gorilla Glue could have asked for. That stuff works. (laughs) It don't move. Well, she is uh, releasing a song today. Gorilla Glue Girl, here she is with Ma Hair. My hair, it don't move, it don't move my hair. It don't move, it don't move my hair. Come on, come on. It don't move, it don't move my hair. You hear what I'm telling you? It don't move my hair, my hair, my hair, my hair, my hair, my hair. It don't move, it don't move my hair. Let's go. It don't move, it don't move my hair. You hear what I'm telling you? It don't move. Almost went in a panic. When I ran out, I got a head of problem. I had to use Gorilla Glue just to solve it. Over from silky to solid. Try to wash it with everything I could think of, but nothing was making progress. I was stopping with the dude. She can't get spit. 
I thought I thought at first when it first started, it was one of those like remix the news things where they just take the the clip from YouTube and then turn it into no, a song. She actually went into the studio. Yeah, good for her. The problem is she's gonna have to gorilla glue another part of her body when she's ready for her follow up song. Right? <laughs> yeah, this is this is what people want to hear from Gorilla Glue. Girl. It don't move. It don't move my hair. It don't move. It don't move my hair. Come on, come on. It don't move. It don't move my hair. You hear what I'm telling you? It don't Stretch move. out that 15 <laughs> minutes, baby. Martin Scorsese. Hmm. Doing a film about the Grateful Dead. Grateful Dead is one band like I have never listened to. I could. I don't think I could even name you a Grateful Dead, Dead song. What about this song? This, I didn't know this was Grateful Dead. I do like this song. Trucking. There's one. I know they have another one. It's like Uncle John's Traveling Band or something. <laughs> I forget what that song's called. But like they got they, Casey they, Jones. What about a Touch of Grey? I will get by. Is that about dyeing your hair? No. I know they have I don't rabid think it fans. Is. Who knows? Yeah. But deadheads. Mm-hmm. Um. You'll be able to find out more about them when Martin Scorsese directs, guess who? You got uh, Jonah Hill playing Jerry Garcia. <laughs> wow. Huh. Does Jerry Garcia look like a young Jonah Hill or, what, or young Jerry Garcia looks like Jonah Hill? Little bit. I'd say it's good casting. Huh. Good Scorsese Jonah and cool. Jonah Hill have developed a relationship. Wolf of Wall have. Street. Yeah, that's a good... I mean... Who else would you get to play them, really? Yeah, kind of a heavier set rock and roll lead singer. That's cool. I think it's pretty good casting. Yeah, I wonder if Jonah Hill's a fan. I hope so. <laughs> I saw someone make the joke on uh, on Twitter yesterday. I wish I remember who it was because it was a funny line. Uh, full credit to you, whoever you are out there. Uh, the joke was, this is going to be Martin Scorsese's greatest challenge ever. How do you get 10 Rolling Stones songs into a biopic about the Grateful Dead? <laughs> <laughs> He'll find a way. Yeah, usually plays his favorites there, Mick and the boys. Uh, here's some other classic rock news. I just love this story. So heavy metal. Rob Halford of Judas Priest was talking in an interview rec- recently about how he has some of Lemmy from Motorhead's ashes. Listen to this. They sent me, it's a bullet with some of Lemmy's ashes inside of it. Oh, wow. Now, okay, um, everybody's going to bullet, Lemmy's ashes. This is nuts. This is the kind of thing that Lemmy would have loved to have done. To use an object like that to carry his remains is just so Lemmy. It's Mm -hmm. provocative. It makes you think. It makes you talk. But as far Mm -hmm. as having a beautiful part of Lemmy, physically with me right now in my house that's just magical is there gunpowder in the bullet as well can you use the bullet in a gun can he kill someone from beyond the grave wouldn't that be wild i think he can kill werewolves with a (laughs) lemmy bullet the only thing that'll kill this werewolf is lemmy's ashes hey imagine being the guy working at the crematorium the day lemmy uh went up i'd be nervous oh my god that yeah the the place would smell like Jack Daniels <laughs> Distillery. It just blows up. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I know. The flames coming out of the chimney there. <laughs> he did it again, man. Connor McDavid is tearing teams up, Jim. Mm-hmm, yeah. A few di- yeah, a couple days ago, he uh, 
dig through four members of the New York Rangers uh, to pot a goal. Just made them all look so stupid. It was unbelievable. And then uh, last night, again, they're taking on the Jets. He gets the puck in his own end, dekes the guy out at the blue line, and then dances through three other players and then puts it in the goal. Like, I don't understand how it's possible. Ehlers from Shifley and Connor at 13.57 of the third. Speaking of Connor, here's McDavid. He gets he does one stride and he's going full speed and then he just oh, he he can put a puck like down by a guy's foot so that the moment he looks down he does a quick move and then gets a shot off and it just all happens so fast it confuses defensemen. It almost looks like he's playing against us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, totally. He makes it look that easy. Mm-hmm. And it's just funny to hear him talk about uh, scoring goals like this. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, probably shouldn't go through four guys every night, but I'm paid big money for yeah. to score goals like this, so you got to do it sometimes. Yeah, he's like, it's my job. Yeah, got to yeah. do it. <laughs> well, you definitely did your job last night, Connor McDavid, with a big one. We'll post a video if you want to check it out on the Taz and Jim Facebook page. There's actually a cool side-by-side that the Edmonton Oilers posted. We'll put on our Instagram as well. That's like It has the Rangers goal where he digs before people, and then the, uh, the Jets goal right beside each other. How it's close identical. are they? It's the same. He comes down the right wing and then cuts to the center and then like puts the the puck between three guys, confuses them, and yeah. gets a shot off. You know what makes you look dumber than uh, than McDavid doing that to you? What's that? Being the the guy who he does it to the second time, <laughs> who should have seen it coming. Yeah. I guess. Watch the tape. Pippen just keeps digging in deeper with this whole "I hate Jordan" thing. Scotty Pippen has made some more comments about. Michael Jordan, what has he said now? He said, uh, oh, just just a couple small small claims, nothing big. He said, uh, uh, Michael Jordan ruined basketball. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, uh, I may go as far as saying Mike ruined basketball, said Pippen in the book. In the 1980s on the playgrounds, you'd have everyone moving the ball around, passing to help the team. That had stopped in the 1990s. Kids wanted to, quote, be like Mike. Well, Mike didn't want to pass. He didn't want to rebound or defend the best player. He wanted everything done for him. That's why I always believe LeBron James was the greatest player of all time. He does everything and embodies what the game is truly about. Okay. (sighs) He makes a case. I get it, but I mean, did Michael Jordan invent selfishness? Like, come on, didn't Wilt Chamberlain get 100 points in one game? Like, you're telling me, I and guess he played f- defense as well, though. He's the first but. guy in basketball that was a ball hog. Yeah, like, come on, or any sport. Like, come uh, Michael Jordan did not invent selfishness. How? What did he do for the sport, though? Mm-hmm. Made it international. Right. Yeah, does, yeah. does Jordan's accomplishments outweigh the fact that kids like hogging the ball a little bit more now? And maybe there's truth to that. There might be. I don't know. Because when Kobe was big, everybody now, everybody was taking deep shots going, Kobe! He never you know passes, I mean? yeah. Yeah, so like there is something. And I'm sure now Steph Curry is the uh, big deal. I bet your kids are shooting from half court all the time, you know? so Yeah, you can't you can't sink a basket if you don't take a shot. <laughs> how much is it is hogging and how much of it is you're just the best player? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what was the what was the criticism? Um, I think it was I forget who said it, but uh, it was another uh, pro athlete saying Scotty's best move in basketball was giving the ball to Michael. 
So, I mean, so I think those comments make him want to take Jordan down a notch. I I get it. I understand. Well, Scotty's whole thing, he he was underpaid. He was underappreciated for a lot of his career in Chicago. And I guess you just never get over it. You'd think at this point he's doing okay for himself. That you'd let bygones be bygones, but mm-hmm. yeah. well, Scott, Scotty Pippen will not stand by himself in the test with the test of times of the sport, right? Unfortunately, yeah. I don't want to hate on him, but he's as the a duo to Jordan's Hall, as a duo, they will live on forever. But he's like ruining that legacy. Pippen and Jordan, Hall and Oates. <laughs> Which one's better? Who's better? Who's the Jordan in Hall and Oates? Hall, Daryl Hall. He wrote all the songs oh, yeah. and did all the singing. Yeah, Hall's okay. the Jordan. Oates is the Pippen. <laughs> Still a great musician, you know, but mm-hmm. you can't imagine him without Hall. Mm-hmm. Jordan's your Hall, Pippin. Okay, we need uh, we need to talk to somebody who went to see the Ghostbusters Afterlife movie last night because we got a little bit of a discrepancy here. Been talking about how the Rotten Tomatoes critics gave 63% positive reviews to the new Ghostbusters movie, which is not a great score. It's like just, just certified fresh. Yeah. Barely watchable. We can get get through it. Yeah. Yeah. Audience score. Now that the movie's out, we can see what audiences think. 95% positive. Hmm. Critics 63, audiences 95. We need to hear from a Taz and Jim listener who has seen this movie. Yeah. I always find it very interesting when the audience score is vastly different from the critic score. Is like, was it a lowbrow movie that maybe blue collar people would enjoy more than these hoity toity critics would yeah. or something? Or the artsy fight, fartsy hoi polloys. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, an action movie, like a Rambo or something like that. You know, the average person may enjoy it because it's fun and action. And then the critic would be like, it's just stupid. It was a, it was big, dumb, yeah. and full of explosions. Like that's what I like. Well, I can remember going to a number of Jim Carrey movies back in the nineties, uh, and they would get panned by the critics. If it didn't have one star, I wasn't looking forward to going to see it in the theater. <laughs> of course, <laughs> you know Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber got terrible reviews. They're classics. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Never trust the critics. Always trust the audience. Is my is my advice. And I find it interesting too because the exact opposite happened for the 2016 Ghostbusters, which was critics seventy five percent or eighty for the critics, and then like forty three percent for the audience. From the audience, yeah. I do think a lot of it is kind of political too, because when the when the 2016 Ghostbusters came out, it was all women, and that was 2016. Me Gender too. tensions running high. Yeah. Trump in office, just in office. You couldn't say you didn't like the Lady so, Ghostbuster movie. Yeah, so you get chastised. Now you've seen the, the that Ghostbusters, and you said it wasn't very good as a fan of Ghostbusters. But I wanted to see what a, what, what what the same critic would say for the both movies. And here's what one guy from the Canadian Globe and Mail newspaper said about the Paul Feig's. Lady Ghostbusters, Paul Feig's female-led reboot of the long-dormant franchise is thrilling, hilarious, lovingly crafted, and the wild, colorful, giddy blockbuster in this otherwise sad summer movie season we so desperately needed. Okay, and what does he think of Ghostbusters Afterlife? It's a gigantic, perverse admission of defeat. So one was amazing, and oh, it's unbelievable. And this one, it's a gigantic, perverse admission of defeat. And what else did he say? It was very... Uh, he. This guy did not like it at all. He said, uh, 
Everyone would have saved a lot of time and frustration if Jason Reitman simply just wrote his father a nice note saying, congrats, Papa, making such a fun movie. See you in the car, instead of digitally nuking Paul Feig's 2016 <laughs> Ghostbusters reboot. This guy Why are you loves, taking it personal? This guy loves the Lady Ghostbuster movie, which is great. Fine. Yeah, but if you like seem, it, you like it. Seems a little unbalanced here, uh-huh. right? Yesterday on the show, we were talking about how uh, Tiger King Season 2 was released on Netflix. A couple listeners called in. They were telling us about it. We weren't that keen to sit down and watch it because, like, what else could be on this show that we haven't seen already? We know Joe Exotic's in jail. Mm-hmm. Carol Baskin doesn't want anything to do with the production of this, this show anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and every new revelation has been news, so there's no secrets, right? We yeah. all know what's going on. We all know Carol went on Dancing with the Stars, blah, blah, <laughs> blah. Uh, but we had a number of listeners saying it's really good. You guys should watch it. I watched three episodes Whoa, three. Yeah. You got into it. A little bingy. Yeah. And? Got a little bingy. Uh, I would say it's a total epilogue for yeah. the, the first season. It's, it's not as good. There's one uh, one of the other zoo owners that kind of is stepping up in terms of crazy, and it follows him through court. That's kind the of interesting. The guy with the ponytail? No. Because uh, that guy had a lot of red flags. With the multiple wives? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's running a cult. He's flying under the radar in the, <laughs> in the season two, surprisingly. Yeah. Mm. Um, Jeff Lowe's business partner after Joe Exotic left. That guy, Tim, I think his yeah, name is. Yeah, whatever, whoever he is, yeah. Oh, he goes wild. Hmm. But it's nowhere near what Tiger King season one yeah. is or was, as we predicted. Yeah. Not surprising that they're going to put out a second season. The money is there. It's on the table. Oh, yeah. Will there be a third season? I don't know. I will tell you that every person associated with that show wants Joe Exotic to get out of jail now. Why? They've all, they've all changed their minds. He's been set up. He's set up. Jeff said him. Jeff's like, he's been set up. Yeah, by you. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they want him out of jail? So there can be a season three. Yeah. They realize that Joe Exotic is the key to keep this gravy train rolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like when you get rid of Charlie Sheen from Two and a Half Men. Yes, he was a lot of trouble, Uh but he was also the reason why people were tuning in. Yeah, at at what point, how much money do you need to be making to put up with a crazy guy? (laughs) Uh, Mm. But if you're looking to kill a couple hours on the weekend, it was, I'd say, a little bit better than I expected. Are you putting up some Christmas decorations this weekend? It, It is that time of year here, getting close to the end of November. I was going through her Christmas stuff. It's funny, Jim. I've talked about how my daughter loves the movie The Grinch. Mm-hmm. This is the computer animated version with uh, Cumberbatch as the voice of The Grinch. She's been watching this thing every day for probably six months. <laughs> she can't say Grinch yet. She calls him B. So okay. when she wants to watch The Grinch, she goes, B, points at the TV, B, B. We'll put for Benedict on. Cumberbatch. Yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch. So we, we're watching B all the time in our house. That's what we call it. Oh, Amelia wants to watch B again. So I'm like, she must love B, right? She loves the Grinch. Mm-hmm. And as I was going through our Christmas decorations, I found this box. I'm like, oh, Amelia is going to flip her lid. I'm going to be the, the hero, greatest dad ever. So I'm like, Amelia, come over here. And she comes over and... 
she sees what's in my hand. She says, B? And then I plug the thing in, and it starts inflating. Uh-oh. <laughs> Growing. A, a big seven-foot Grinch comes to life in front of her eyes. B! No B! No B! <laughs> she doesn't want the B anymore. Oh, that's funny. Not a fan Not a fan of Grinch in real life. Yeah. As long as he's on the other side of that TV screen, she can tolerate the Grinch. I guess he is the villain, technically, but I bet you if you went to Disneyland and like Mickey Mouse came up, the big costume, or big sure. Mickey Mouse came up, she'd probably be terrified well, too, right? you know what? Santa. It's the same uh, yeah, thing with yeah. Santa. My, my son wouldn't stop talking about Santa, and then I took him to see Santa for the first time at the shopping mall when he was young and couldn't get near Santa. Like <laughs> we, it, it was three or four visits and each time we'd get closer yeah, to the velvet rope. Right. And then eventually I'm just, I just threw him at Santa and made him sit on, on his lap and he got over it. But <laughs> big challenge this Christmas season, if you're getting ready, is going to be finding a Christmas tree. Really? Yeah, there is a shortage oh, man. of real Christmas trees. Okay. And fake Christmas trees. Supply chain. Now what's going on uh, with the, the flooding in British Columbia? A lot of trees apparently came from BC. Mm. And it could be tough for you to get a, a real or a fake tree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the fake ones too. Uh-oh. Because we get a, re- a real one every year. Maybe, but if, maybe if I get it like this weekend before supplies are low, I might have a chance, but... Maybe make a tree out of all that toilet paper you've ho- been hoarding. True, yeah, you know, yeah. You take that. <laughs> a nice know, pyramid. You, if you have the opportunity, buy 15 Christmas trees, Jim. Sell them on eBay. Oh, yeah. Make yeah, a fortune. Like a, a gouger. I wonder if there's going to be Christmas tree hoarders out there. Apparently a bit of a shortage. What's going on with Twitter, man? Why does it look different all of a sudden? What do you mean? It looks like Instagram now. It does? Have on, you on not noticed that? Your, I haven't looked at it on my phone in a bit, but... On my phone, yeah. Huh. Remember you used to have to... You'd see just a bit of a picture and you'd have to click on it and then it would show you the full picture on Twitter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's full pictures. I like that better, actually. Do you really? Because uh, often when we would post stuff for work, you would the joke would be missing, so people would just scroll past it. Like you'd have to expand okay. it to get the joke or something or see the context. I thought Instagram was all about looking at the pictures. Twitter was more for reading. And now I'm finding it takes longer. Mm. You're not getting as many posts in, as many... Per scroll. Yeah, as many little captions read as you used to because you're having to look at the entire picture. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I get, it, it's, that's kind of how social media companies work. They always steal from each other and they're always like kind of seeing what the other person's doing and then like taking their ideas and see what works best, so... They're all going to be one social media app at one point. Metaverse, baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming. The Metaverse. As I opened up Twitter the other day, and as an old guy, you know, it, it's tough. It's a struggle at times to keep up with technology. I open it up. I'm like, is this the Metaverse? Is this an <laughs> NFT? Is this a Bitcoin? What's going on with Twitter? You know what I learned about social media companies, what social media companies are doing now? TikTok especially. You know you can put like a a filter over your face and it kind of makes you slightly better looking? Yeah. TikTok has a 2% filter that it puts on any photo you take through the app to make you just slightly better looking. So it makes people feel better about themselves when they post on TikTok versus other platforms so they're more likely to post on TikTok. And now that 
people have seen that that's effective on TikTok. Now I guess Instagram and Facebook are going to start doing it too. So they will make you look better than you actually look. Yeah, they'll make your eyes a little bigger. They'll make your your chin a little smaller or whatever, however it works. Curves in the right spots. Yeah, yeah. Bulges where they need to bulges be. Bulges a little, a little more gratuitous. <laughs> a little, little length if you need a little length. A little girth <laughs> if you need some girth. Hey, I'd rather have plus 2% than minus 2%. 100% uh-huh. of the time. Wow. They're, they're a sneaky bunch, those social media companies. And they're not advertising that they're doing this. No, I don't know how it was found out. There's but, no uh, disclaimer that says, just so you know, you're not really this good looking <laughs> when you log on to the app, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people should get that memo. We don't need to see your face this much. <laughs> Are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Twitter is looking different, though. If you haven't noticed, check it out on your, on your mobile phone. And follow us. At Taz and Jim. This is a panic-inducing headline for for students. Are snow days a thing of the past? Are they getting rid of the snow day, Jim? Mm, Well, we all saw what it was like uh, over the pandemic that you can do class from home if you're stuck at home, right? Over the computer, sure. I mean, is it effective? I don't know. The Thames Valley School Board thinks it is, and they said from now on they are officially canceling snow days... Uh, some students are upset. Teachers also a little upset because what it means is there will be virtual classrooms that the teachers will put on. There will be lesson plans that they will post and I think kind of semi-monitor throughout the day. And then the children can do those lesson plans. If they're stuck at home because the home. snow's too bad. However, they don't actually have to do the work. They won't be punished if they don't do the work and none of the work itself will be graded. So it's kind of like busy work for no reason. Love it. As a parent, fantastic. My kid's stuck at home. Keep them out of my hair. And I guess you don't have to tell your kids it's not being graded. Lie to your kids. I do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. One of the oldest tricks in the book. Uh-huh. But, I mean, are parents going to make their kids do that? Like, would you would you even take the time to force your kid to do it, or would you not just let them play well, inside I, or something? I, I, I don't know. My kid, uh, my son, is he's turning five and watching him do junior kindergarten online last year, it didn't really give me faith that online learning is superior to in-person learning. So I, I sure is not. I think you're right. It's just a way to keep kids busy. If they're not grading it, what's it? Why else would you do it? Yeah, I guess I don't know, but. I would be. The, the, so, what school board was this again? This was Thames Valley in the like London area. Yeah, but uh, you know, if it happens in this school board, uh, odds are it'll probably spread across Ontario, if not Canada. Now the teachers' union will never let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know they're going to step in. And, and, ha- and most of the time, the teachers st- a lot of times still go to the school if the buses don't make it. Sometimes it's so bad though they will stay home. Understandably, yeah. But a lot of times they will still go to the school and you can drop the kids off at the school in certain instances as well if the buses are canceled. So, I mean, they're still working and they're still on the government payroll. So why should they not be working throughout the day? It wouldn't be much. They're not saying they need to teach classes all day virtually. They just have to post a couple things that the kids can do at home. Mm-hmm. Is it worth the effort, though? I mean, is this all... like why, School days have been a staple in this country for snow days. hundreds of... Oh, yeah, sorry, snow days for hundreds of years. You know what I mean? The best. Yeah. And then one day here and there, whatever. Yeah. When's the last time there's been like 55 snow days in a winter? It doesn't happen. Mm-hmm.
Well, we'll we'll see how this goes. I have a feeling that the it's not going to happen. No, and then I wonder if if they do have this like uh, at school learning, will they be more likely to cancel school because there is an alternative and they won't feel as bad? You know, I hope not. I wish we got snow days. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, we'd have to broadcast from home, Taz. You know how it goes. <laughs> we can't get to we can't get to work, but somehow we can meet at the Toboggan Hill. <laughs> That's always safe. True. Isn't it? Yeah. Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcast, and we'll keep talking. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.